What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Wednesday, so time to go over my top trade targets for week four. I thought it'd be interesting this week to go through, do a full update of the rest of the season rankings, and then compare that to each player's production thus far, just to see who we should be targeting. So for example, if Robbie Anderson right now, he's wide receiver 48, I have him 54, not a player we're looking to target, right? He currently has outproduced what I have him rest of season. But if I had him ranked 25th, well, now he's 23 spots ahead of his production thus far. We should be targeting him. So using that logic, who are some players we should be trading for? One name that stands out is Alvin Kamara. Now, I was not sure what to do with him last week since we were only working off one week of data from the season. He was coming off of an injury. Like there were a lot of different factors to where I thought, you know, we could have seen a lot of different things happen in week three. And even still, you know, we've only seen two games so far. And so we haven't uh, gotten a, a full clear picture of what this offense is going to look like. We don't 100% know. But even though the performance in week three was like disappointing, if you had him, the usage was really good. 15 carries, seven targets. Compare that to Mark Ingram, five carries, zero targets. And that's after, uh, you know, a bad week one, a missed game in week two. Combined all together, he is the running back 56 right now. In half PPR scoring, he's my running back 14 rest of season. And honestly, he's one of those players where that has a lot of room to go up. It would not shock me at all if we're sitting here in week five, week six, and he is my running back seven rest of season. Like, we're still very early in the season. We have a lot to learn if he can maintain, you know, close to 70% of the team's carries plus a target share, you know, around 14, 15%, he's going to be a running back one and he's going to move up in the rest of season rankings. So I think he's a player that through three weeks, anyone who drafted him is not happy right now. He's got 12.4 half PPR points. I imagine you can definitely get him for less than running back one value. And again, I think he could produce like that rest of season. I have him 14th. But let's be honest, the difference between the running back like 11 and 14 rest of the season is very minimal. He's a low-end running back one. Another running back I trade for is A.J. Dillon. Ranks 27th right now among running backs. He is my running back 17 rest of season. He, you know, unsurprisingly is coming off his worst game of the season. Obviously, that just happens when people play at Tampa Bay. That's just a brutal spot for running backs. Despite that game, though, like even including it, he still has a strong 51% of the team's carries, just shy of a 13% target share. That's really, really good for running back, especially running back we consider to be the backup on his own team. Uh, it's also promising that he's played between 51% and 57% of the snaps in each game, despite varying game scripts. So we know when they're leading, when they're trailing, he's going to have, you know, very similar production. Obviously, it's going to change depending on how many plays they run, kind of what the overall game environment is. But knowing that he's going to be a little over half the snaps, knowing he's still going to get touches in all game scripts, that's good, right? We know that he's not going to completely go away if they're trailing or winning. Uh, I don't think that Dylan is like clearly locked in as a running back to every single week. And I wouldn't be shocked if he produced more like a flex play rest of season. But this offense is going to look a lot better in future weeks. And especially once they start getting these, you know, rookies really going, these rookie wide receivers, once they 
uh, really develop. Rodgers starts to trust them. The offense is going to look better, and Green Bay is not going to score 16 points per game all season. And we know for a fact that Dylan is going to have a really high share, especially of the rushing touchdowns in this offense. And so when the offense does start to click, again, they have 16 points per game so far. That's not going to continue. When they start to do better, the touchdowns are going to come overall. They're going to come for A.J. Dillon. That's why I like him at running back 17 rest season. I think you can get him cheaper than that in the trade market. The last running back today is Austin Eckler. Now, please understand that the usage is not surprising. If anything, he's being used more than I thought he would. He was my running back three going into the season, even with a projection of 44% of the team's carries and only 14% of the team's targets. He just graded out really, really well. But through three weeks where everyone's complaining about the usage for him, he's got 50% of the team's carries, just under 19% of the targets. So why is he the running back 20 overall right now in fantasy scoring? Because he hasn't scored a touchdown. But not only that, it's because the Chargers have averaged only 19.3 points per game, and they've been in two low-volume games so far out of the three weeks. And it's also worth noting that Eckler has averaged 2.5 yards per carry, which is obviously not going to continue all season long. The Chargers are going to play better soon, and they're one of six teams right now that has yet to score a rushing touchdown. That will not continue forever. When the touchdowns come, people are going to remember why they took Austin Eckler so early. And one note on that. We talked a lot this summer about regression for some of these players who had a boatload of touchdowns last season. Austin Eckler was one that we highlighted, had 20 touchdowns last year. We know historically, players coming off a 20-touchdown season, well, you're going to see the touchdowns next year cut by more than half, so you should expect them to have single-digit touchdowns the following season. Now, I don't know if he's going to have single-digit this season, but if we think he's going to be in roughly the range of like 9 to 12 touchdowns, then, yeah, he's not going to do what he did last season, but that's still really good, and he hasn't scored yet. And again, if you're going to score around 9 to 12 touchdowns, well, we're three weeks into the season, you're going to average close to a touchdown per game rest of the season. It's going to come. The fantasy production is going to come. Don't panic with equity. The usage is exactly what we thought it would be. As for wide receivers, first one I'll go over is Debo Samuel. He is the wide receiver 27 right now. He's my wide receiver 12 rest of season. And it's a similar take as with Eckler. The underlying usage is really, really solid. The offense is just worse than expected. They rank 28th in points per game, 24th in yards per game right now. But Debo has a 26.5% target share, just shy of 17% of the team's carries. You don't see that with wide receivers very much. It's like him and Curtis Samuel are really the only two that are being used in this kind of way. But again, almost a 27% target share to go along with 17% of the carries. That's a lot of usage. Uh, he's going to see in that like, you know, 10, 11, 12 touches per game opportunity to hit 14 or 15 in some of these games where he's used a lot. And we know he's going to be highly efficient with those touches. Uh, it's really just been a combination of the offense being pretty mediocre to start the year with him getting a bit unlucky with his targets. He's got a 57% catch rate, only 6.2 yards per target, only 8.3 yards per touch. All would be career lows 
by a good amount, and there's no reason to think that's going to happen. Sure, he's going to regress from last season. No one thought he was going to do that again. But he's not going to set career lows in catch rate, yards per target, yards per touch. Like That's not all going to be awful for him this year. He's going to do better. He's going to have a blow-up game soon. Trade for him before that happens. Another wide receiver trade for is Brandon Cooks. He's the wide receiver 53 in half PPR scoring right now. My wide receiver 24 rest of season. I know the results do not look great right now, but the reason we drafted Cooks still holds true. He is by far the best wide receiver on the roster, and the underlying usage is incredible. He's got over a 27% target share and three of the team's four targets inside the 10-yard line. He's what they go to at wide receiver, and honestly, just in the offense. When they are throwing the ball, it's going to Brandon Cooks. He's going to have a ton of targets. He's going to get as much touchdown upside as anyone on this team. Unfortunately, Houston ranks 25th in passing yards per game, and Cooks has somehow only caught 44% of his targets for 5.4 yards per target. Both would be the worst season like on average by a mile. Like, he has not ever had a season this bad. There is no reason to think that all of a sudden this year, he's going to be terrible. He'll have a blow-up game soon. Those numbers will come much closer to his career average very, very soon. Trade for him before that happens. On the lower end, now this is a wide receiver that I wouldn't say I'm like fully convinced on this season. I believe he's an incredible talent. We're going to talk about Elijah Moore here. I believe he's very, very good. The one thing is, all the players I've talked about, we know they're good and the usage is there. They're just getting a little bit unlucky in a certain different areas. It'll come for all of them, I promise. For Elijah Moore, I can't promise that same thing. I don't know 100% certainty like that he's going to be fantastic this season. He's only got a 15% target share. He's only got two red zone targets, zero inside the 10-yard line. That's compared to nine red zone targets for Garrett Wilson, seven coming inside the 10-yard line. That actually leads all players in the NFL. So it's not like, you know, Elijah Moore has been, I don't want to say like super unlucky. It's more just like that they're not throwing to him. Like Flacco just has decided he would much prefer to throw to Wilson. But I, again, believe strongly that Elijah Moore is a high-end wide receiver talent, like a really, really good wide receiver. And I think it's possible that Flacco was just leaning on Garrett Wilson. Every quarterback has just different players they prefer to lean on. And so when we see quarterback changes, like we're going to see transitioning now into Zach Wilson, well, maybe Zach Wilson just prefers Elijah Moore, which again, is totally possible. He did over the summer. Over the summer, there were all these reports that Wilson was throwing way more to Elijah Moore. And so is it possible that Garrett Wilson just takes over this offense, is a clear number one, and that it's the Jets, and so we really don't care about Elijah Moore? Certainly. That remains a possibility. I think it's less likely, though. I think that on a Jets team that currently ranks first in passing play percentage, first in pass attempts per game, having Elijah Moore out there, I think he can command you know, very similar target share to Wilson. I think he could have a higher target share when the season comes to a close. There is a ton of volume to go around. He's a great player. I really think he's someone that it's not going to cost you anything. You know, Some people might be fed up, and they might cut Elijah Moore, which is a huge mistake. He should be rostered everywhere, obviously, and I think it's going to be very easy for you to trade for him. Again, I can't promise you that he's going to blow up. Like I really think you know, Debo, Brandon Cooks, like all the players that I mentioned, they're going to be fine. I can't promise the same thing with more, but he's so much easier to get 
that I think it's worth it. At tight end, it's really just about Pitts again. I mean, I'm still a believer in the talent. Uh, I still have him fourth in the rest of the season rankings. Some people might want to dump him after the four for 82 game, but he could have had a much bigger game if they hadn't like pulled ahead and like, you know, they were winning in the second half. They didn't really need to throw the ball. Like if they had been trailing in that game, he was going to absolutely erupt. He's got a ceiling that only a handful of tight ends are even capable of reaching. He's probably not as valuable as we first thought going into the offseason since Drake London has been really breaking out. He looks like a phenomenal wide receiver. He's commanding more targets than we thought he would, but that doesn't mean he's not like a true difference maker to the position. Pitts still is that. He's still someone I'd want to be sending trade offers for, especially if you waited for a long time, you don't like your tight end, please send offers for Pitts. And if you want to see you know, exactly what it should take to pull off these trades, then you can see exactly how much value I'm assigning to each player right now by looking at the rest of season rankings and the trade calculator on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. The trade calculator also takes into account the value of getting the better player in a two-for-one trade, which is what I highly recommend you are all doing. We built teams. You know, we talked about in all these Mock Draft Mondays, all these videos, Build a deep team. So many teams start off hot, but then once bye weeks come, once injuries happen, they're like, oh my goodness, my team actually stinks. And then they crater towards the end. That is not our teams. Honestly, teams that I like to build start off a little bit slow until you make trades, until you don't fall apart because even one, two, three injuries are totally fine. You can throw other players in as well. But it doesn't work if you don't try and pull off these trades. So please send two for one trades, send three for one trades, target underperforming studs. The players we talked about here, uh, there's more players on the website. Um, I think there's like 17 to 20 players this week that I listed that are really good talents that are you know underperforming right now that you can trade for. Trade for those players and send multiple players for one player. Again, the trade calculator takes this into account. It assigns extra value to the team getting the one player because that's what you want to be doing. You also open up extra bench spots. So if I'm sending two, receiving one, I'm also getting two free ads off free agency. That's extra value as well. Please, 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 please. Especially if you started slow and you're like, what is happening? Look at your bench. It's probably really good. Find someone who needs what you have on the bench package, maybe a starter and a bench player for an extra starter, and then you're going to be doing much, much better. So uh, it is always requested that I end these videos with some players that, you know, are, are like quote unquote sell highs. I never really like calling players sell high. It's more just if you happen to have the players I'm going to mention I'm totally fine trading them away. Uh, it'd be best if you can find a team, like I said, that's desperate at that position. And I would just be willing to trade away all of these players. So here's the list. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, and Marquise Brown. All right, that'll do it for this one. I'll be back tomorrow with running back starts and sits Friday. Wide receiver starts and sits, and Saturday to go over my favorite plays of the week. But that, my friends, is the end of this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.